Welcome back to Intersect, where church meets culture. I'm Josh Desch, pastor of community and discipleship at Northeast Presbyterian Church in Columbia, South Carolina. And I am joined, as always, by my lovely wife, Betsy. Hey, everybody. Good to have you back. This is part two of Porn Proofing Your Kids. If you have not listened to episode one, please go and listen to Porn Proofing Your Kids episode one. We will provide a brief review, but you really need to go back and listen to the full episode. Today's episode is about the how, the strategies, the guidelines, the resources. How can you actually go about this incredibly important calling, one we wish we didn't have, but we have to in this day and age of porn-proofing our kids. Last week we talked about how sex is a gift given to us by God, but that it's to be used according to his design. And porn is the exact opposite. It's the distortion. It's the hall of mirrors. It's the um, everything that sex is not supposed to be. So as, as we prepare to talk through um, the how, the strategies today, let's just quickly review uh, some definitions. What is porn? What do we mean by porn proofing? When should you start this, uh, this ongoing conversation of preparing your kids to face porn and then to make the right decision when they're faced with it? First of all, a definition of porn. Porn is simply when the private parts of men and women are shown, okay? We, we think a broad definition is helpful. Obviously, in this day and age of fast internet connections and mobile devices, there is some very um, intense and, and explicit pornography that's much more than just nudity, but our definition should be broader. It should cover any time that the private parts of men and women are being shown. And what do we mean by porn proofing? Well, last week we talked about equipping and preparing our kids to respond in the right way to porn. So in other words, the strategy is not so much, I'm going to build up these impenetrable walls where porn can never get through, but rather I'm going to do all I can on that front, but rather I want my kids to be prepared to make the right decision when they face the reality of pornography and and when they're exposed to it, whether it's school, uh, wherever it is. And finally, when, um, we said roughly around age 11. Bets, what do you want to add? Well, parents and lovers of kids, grandparents, aunts and uncles, you know, you don't have to be a parent for this topic to mm-hmm. be relevant. Anyone who loves children, this is relevant to you. The uh, Coors Light Cold Hard Truth is they more than likely they will be exposed to some kind of explicit yep. material. We, yep. we pray that God protects them from, yep. you know, the really crazy stuff out there. Um, but, but the cold hard truth is in this day and age, um, like yep. Josh said, thinking that we can avoid it is probably not possible. Yes, over 50% of all porn is now viewed on mobile devices the high likelihood is your kids, if they are if they are not uh, faced with porn in your home, whether finding it on their own or accidentally stumbling upon it, the reality is they will probably encounter it on the mobile device of a friend, of a kid on the sports team, of somebody in the school locker room, of uh, wherever. I mean, I've heard stories of pornography being on laptops in, in the middle of classrooms and this yeah. kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. This is, it's scary, but it's the world that we're living in now. Right. Parents, we've got to be prepared be prepared. Here's what we want to offer today. We want to give a two-pronged strategy on how you can porn-proof your kids. And this strategy is comes from a book that we recommend. The name of the book is The Porn Myth, 
by Matt Frad, and you can find it on Amazon. It's $18. And the two-pronged strategy is to protect their minds and to build their character, okay? Parents, again, as you think about how to porn-proof your kids, protect their minds, build their characters. Betsy, let's talk about protect their minds. Well, real quick, I wanted to throw in Matt Frad is uh, writing this book. He's intentionally trying to take the religious aspect out of um, mm. protesting against pornography. He's trying to write it from more of, I think he is a believer, I think. Um, yep. But he's, tr- he's giving reasons that that aren't religious about why porn is bad for people, bad for children. He's wanting to be able to make an argument to a school librarian or somebody like that who doesn't have a dog in the fight in terms of religion about why porn is bad. Yeah, he's saying, saying, yes, the religious people all object to it for these reasons, but there are a lot of other reasons to object to pornography, and that's Mm -hmm. kind of the the foundation of the Mm -hmm. book. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the first um, strategy is protect their minds. So, as we've said... um, Exposure at some point may be inevitable, which is um, awful to think about, but that doesn't mean you should just say, well, it's going to happen, so oh well. <laughs> of course, we know that's not the right way yeah, to, yeah. To, um, to go about things. So make sure, guys, obviously, the obvious things here, filters on your web browsers. I mean, that's a mm-hmm. given. There's other kind of software, Covenant Eyes, that's accountability software mm-hmm. that shows other people what, you, what websites you've been looking at. You yeah. can even have that on your family computer. Um, also, as we think about our children growing and having mobile devices themselves, you have to, we all have to establish early on the ability to look at their web history, their browsing history, whenever you want. Non-negotiable, folks. Yeah. Non-negotiable. No secrets. No yep. like, oh, you want to look at this? Let me go scrub off the last 10 sites yeah. I've looked at and then yep. I'll let you. Yep. You know, it has to be a relationship of, oh, I can pick up your phone right now and see what you've been looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, that has to be a given for any child who has a mobile device that you're trying to protect. Yeah, I would add this. This is, again, something that hopefully is fairly obvious, but it's good to talk about. The placement of Wi-Fi-connected devices in your house. You know, if we were having this discussion 10 years ago, I would say, where's the family computer? The, the challenge now is every tablet and phone that we have is a computer. So, you know, again, right. think about if, if your children are viewing pornography, if they are addicted to porn, they're obviously going to be hiding. They're obviously going to be embarrassed. They're not going to want you to know so there needs to be some control. You know, I would say things like when your kids are doing their homework, keep the laptop, you know, in a, in a family place where there's mm-hmm. traffic, you know, mm-hmm. whether that's in the kitchen on the island or something like that. We, we, you can't guarantee they're never going to be on a computer in their room, but just understand, you know, that, that porn is going to be viewed in private, obviously, right. by if a kid does find it. And, and things like even things like locking doors and, and when, when your kid's on the computer, these sort of things. Parents, we got to be thinking through this. Also, thinking about when do we allow access to mobile devices? It, it mm-hmm. seems wise that you say past a certain hour, all the devices stay somewhere. And, you know, they kind of hang out together while you go to bed. For, that's for a lot of reasons. Our children need their sleep, for one thing. And it's, it's tempting for me as an adult just to, you know, whittle away time looking at YouTube videos of cats jumping up and down. I love those cat videos. I love, I love those them. cats. It's your weakness. It's your <laughs> it Achilles heel, It's my Betsy. kryptonite. It's those cat and dog videos. I love them. Um, so anyway, 
All that to say, it's hard enough for me as an adult to say, all right, I should put this down. I've watched enough cat videos. I need to go to sleep. Even harder for a child, you know, when that entertainment potential is right there. So if you are allowing your child to have a phone or a tablet in their room at night, um, not only are they losing sleep, but then you're also not watching what they are looking at. So it seems wise to say past a certain hour, tablets, phones, everything goes to a common place where they stay until the morning. Sure. And if you need to uh, get an extension cord that has, you know, five places for everybody's phone to plug in, then do it. I like that idea of keeping devices together and, you know, not letting our kids be like, but my phone has to charge right next to my bed. No, mm-hmm. it doesn't. It can charge somewhere else. Right. And buy an old-fashioned alarm clock. Whoa, whoa. Wait, a what? (laughs) They still sell them, if you can believe it. All right. Here, let me add this. Protect their minds. I would say, folks, let's get specific on on ages and stages. When your kids are in middle school, that would be a good time to say, hey, um, what are you hearing about about parties? You know, are are you hearing about parties going on? Are you being invited to parties? Are kids you know being invited to parties? Um, are you, are kids bragging about stuff yet? What goes on at the parties? What goes on at the parties? Um, are kids talking about looking at porn? I mean, this is really uh, not to say there's this clean break and between fifth and sixth grade, but I I do think middle school is when the reality, probably because that's when puberty is hitting for all these kids, the reality of this stuff really hits. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, we want to offer, um, a resource that we've really enjoyed using with our kids. It's been really helpful. It's a book called Good Pictures, Bad Pictures. The subtitle is Porn Proofing Today's Young Kids. That's where the, the phrase porn, proof, porn proofing came from. Um, authors are Kristen Jensen and Gail Pointer. Um, I think we got it on Amazon. If you go on Amazon, the ratings for this book are amazing. Um, Again, these two are not writing from a Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do, doesn't talk about religion at all in terms of why pornography is is not good for you. But it it is just a fantastic book, beautifully illustrated and very tastefully um, discussed to give you ways to talk to your children about pornography. So it's a book that you're intended to read with your child. The authors kind of go into... Um, things they call my feeling brain and my thinking brain. Okay, Mm -hmm. so um, the point in pornography would be you look at pornography and your feeling brain likes what they see. Mm -hmm. Your feeling brain says, ooh, I want to see more of that. I'm I'm curious about that or I'm aroused by that or whatever. And then you have a separate part of your brain that's your thinking brain that can talk to your feeling brain and saying, okay, I I know this looks like a good thing, but... Um, it's not for these reasons. So pornography is, you know, like we've said, it's designed to trick your brain into an addiction. So this is kind of giving you a way to talk to your child about helping them to form the tools to say, in my thinking brain, I know this is not a good thing. And so I'm going to I'm going to step away and look at something else. Yep. Yep. So we're going to put a link to this book on our webpage, as well as and you'll the be porn able to myth. check it out. Yes, yeah, porn yeah. myth too. And I've, I can just say something about the thinking brain versus the th- feeling brain. It's important to say to your kids, look, God created both of these parts of your body, uh, of your brain, and if and they're both good. They're both good, and God created the the uh, feeling side to become aroused in the right context. And, and porn is, it's tricking your brain. And it's the same principle as when you do drugs, you get a dopamine hit. And everybody, everybody knows that word by now. Dopamine is that feeling of euphoria. And, and porn delivers that dopamine hit just like any substance. But the problem is it requires, as you abuse anything continually, 
it requires more and more and more extreme and quantity and all that to get the same dopamine response. Mm -hmm. So literally your brain is being tricked to desire a dopamine response. And I think that can be helpful to kids, you know, especially if they're struggling or if they're feeling, I don't, why, I, I know God doesn't want this. Why am I, some of what's going on here is biological chemical and how porn is tricking our brains. Yeah, it can take some of the guilt and shame yep. around this topic away yes. and just say, this is a biological thing. It's a, you know, we can talk about it um, very matter of factly and just give them those tools to know how to handle stuff. And you can retrain your brain. So that which is really cool, so that it no longer desires those things. Mm-hmm. Um, let's move on to the second strategy: build their character. L- let's talk a little bit about character here. Character is really, if you think about it, it's the result of the hundreds and hundreds, even thousands and thousands of tiny decisions that we make, so that we are prepared to make the right decision in those half dozen or dozen big moments of life. Hmm. And then what in terms of uh, there's going to be real consequences for this action. I mean, if, if your child one day is at a frat party and they've had some drinks and there's a chance to hook up right there in that party, you hope as a parent that all that teaching and all those decisions will will come upon your child in that moment and help them to make the him or her to make the right choice because that's a moment where there's going to be or there certainly can be to different degrees levels of consequence that will happen if they choose to act in that moment. Right. So that's what we're doing. We're trying to build their character. We're trying to help our kids again have the kind of character so that when they're exposed to porn they are ready to make that right choice. Right, and they reject it not only because it's wrong, but also because they see that um, a real relationship with a real um, meaningful intimacy is so much better. Yes, yes. So what are some character qualities that we want to build into our kids? Let me just highlight a few. First of all, we really want to highlight, we want to build into our kids this idea that everyone is made in God's image, okay, everyone and is worthy of respect, of dignity, of love. Porn has no respect, no dignity, or no love. And if you can really press into your kids this idea of we are made in God's image, that will help them to say what's going on is not um, is not honoring the fact that people are made in God's image. A, a second thing I'll add is that, that our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit. You know, the scriptures say this, your body should be treated with love and tenderness and and with compassion and kindness, and you should desire that another person's body be treated in the same way. If you're married, you should desire that your spouse's body be treated in the same way. So really building in that biblical ethic of God cares about your body. Right. And that you're not just welcome to do whatever you want with your body. And parents, wow, isn't this a gut check for us? Because... You know, as the saying goes, character is is caught, mm-hmm. not taught. Mm-hmm. So how are we modeling these things for them? How are we modeling that we respect people made in God's image and that we treat our bodies and others' bodies as temples? We really have to look at ourselves and our own attitudes. And let me just say, too, if, if you're someone out there who's had sexual brokenness in their past— um, you know, we would just really encourage you to seek help mm-hmm. and to Absolutely. try to— um, Try to address those things in your life to to work through that brokenness because as you do that, you will be better equipped to help your own children. Yeah, that's great. 
let me add two additional things, and in many ways I would say these are the most important ones of all. If you can help your children learn to be honest, mm. okay, not somebody who hides. This starts at the, at the earliest of ages. Did you take the cookie? Did you, <laughs> did you hit your sibling? Did you do what I ask? The hiding, which is the devil's tool in the lives of so many, can begin at the earliest of ages. And if we can build into our kids this this mindset of, I can be honest. I can be honest with mom and dad. I can be honest with God. Then the, then the child can confess That's right. to their parents and to God, look, I did this instead of continue an incredibly destructive pattern of hiding mm-hmm. and shame and guilt. And we know what a, what a terrible snowball that is. So building in honesty. And, you know, if your parents, if your kid confesses, Part, part of what that means is not crushing them. That's right. But, it's treating them as God treats us Yes. with that mercy and the grace and, and the love to say, thank you for telling me. Thank you yeah. for sharing something that was really hard. I know that was hard to share that. Yeah. And that's why, and that's that final character quality, which is there's forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Forgiveness. There's forgiveness in this family. There's forgiveness with your parents. There's forgiveness from God mm-hmm. more than anything else. That's right. And... Also knowing that your church is your team. It's your squad, as it were. It's mm. your people that are in this battle with you to help you to be the person God wants you to be. Also that there's hope for change, mm. that God yep. can change us by his Holy Spirit, that these, um, you know, you fight these battles and you work through it with God's help, and there is hope that things can be different. Yep. We want to we close this episode by just giving a, f- a few final tips. First of all, talk to your librarian, your church librarian, your pastors on staff, whoever it is at your church, and ask them to order some of the copies of these books so that there are resources that you can use, your small group can use, your friend can use. Check it out from your church library. Um, I want to also add this. What's You know what? I, I'm really convinced of this. The number one reason why parents don't porn-proof their kids, it's because it's awkward. Mm-hmm. And Beth, what is the best thing to do when something is awkward? Just say... This is awkward? You got it. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> it's to say, wow, who feels awkward right now? Yeah, and then it's like, oh, okay, we all feel yep, awkward. It automatically just got less awkward. What do you have for us? Well, I just want to share a really funny story um, that Josh and I just got such a kick out of this. So we oh have um, we have been working through these things with our kids. We've tried to be pretty consistent about talking about you know, the dangers of pornography and whatever. So anyway, um, this was a couple months ago. Josh and I were going out to dinner and a movie. We had a date night, which doesn't happen all that often. So we were leaving them at home with a sitter. And um, they were going to watch a movie up in our bedroom. That's where our TV is. And our bedroom is carpeted. We just moved into this house a few months ago. So we, you know, we didn't want uh, snacks ground into the carpet or, you know, this kind of thing. So... Um, on the way out the door, I had kind of, you know, drilled into the kids, you can take a snack upstairs, but do not get it in the carpet. And so I said on my parting words were, as we were going out the door, I said, um, okay, kids, what's, what, what are the rules for this movie night? And one of our kids, one of our kids kids piped up and said, um, no crumbs on the floor and no pornography movies. (laughs) (laughs) And our sitter almost passed out. Yeah. And then we were like, well, see you later. <laughs> We've got to explain. We've got to explain. Um, it was so funny. But yeah. that encouraged me so much just to know, like, I had not said anything about yeah. 
pornography in that day or maybe that month. But the point is, it had gotten into him where yeah. that was what he thought of when I, you know, was trying to give a warning about TV, I guess. I don't know. But that yeah. really blessed my yeah. heart. Yeah. I think that's a great note to end on. Yeah. And the note to end on is the ultimate um, person that porn proofs our kids is God. That's right. The Holy Spirit is the ultimate porn proofing strategy. So we've got to pray. Folks, please go back and listen to episode one of Porn Proofing Your Kids if you haven't listened to it already. As always, email us your questions, comments, thoughts at intersect at anyprez.com. And thank you for joining us. Bye.